I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. This is Song vs. Song. Oh, boy. This is, uh, the, I picked this one back uh, before the, the entire quarantine thing happened, so this one is feels a little weird to be doing. But we are going to be doing Pharrell's Happy versus Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling. How do you feel today? Danny, do you feel like a room without a roof? Uh, I can't stop the feeling... <laughs> Uh, Nor can that, I. I. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't know if I should say what the feeling is, but it is unstoppable. Uh, some might argue infectious. <laughs> Boy. Anyway, yep. Here we are. I didn't realize that you'd pick these um, in the past. I, uh, I had assumed that you would pick these because we were going to try and make people feel better. <laughs> nope, nope. And, I, I and then I remembered who hosts this podcast, and I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I picked these like a while back because uh, Trolls World Tour was opening. And I was like, oh, I have a troll song on the uh, old list of ideas here. Why don't we uh, do that one? That'll that'll fit. And by the time it actually rolled around, uh, the world was very different. And um, I don't particularly seems to happen. Seems to happen. Tell you what, this isn't one of the songs we picked, but. I was just uh, doing my work on the old Spotify, and Don't Worry, Be Happy started playing. It's, and I thought, I thought I was losing my mind. Like, like this is, the quarantine has already been rough on everybody, but just like listening to that song is like, reality broke. Reality didn't quite break for Pharrell's happy, but it is striking me a, a weird note in these trying in these uncertain times where we're all in this together in these uncertain times. Well, all right. That being said, we can only have a uh, we can only pick one of these songs um, as a gut instinct. Uh-huh. When you when you thought of these two songs, presumably trying to push the 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 panic aside in mm-hmm. the moment. Um, did you have a, a, a knee-jerk response? Yeah, I did, I did. Um, my knee-jerk response was for Pharrell's Happy. That was the one I thought fit. Same. I'm curious as to hear your reason, because I, um, I have a couple of reasons, but I have one that in my research kind of became the distillation <laughs> of, I was like, oh, this is why. This is exactly the reason. But what is yours? This is, uh, this is going to sound super geeky. Uh, Happy has more interesting chords. See, that's such a good response. <laughs> like, now I now I feel like it, a, an idiot. No, it, Happy's actually surprisingly hard to play. Like, Can't Stop the Feeling has three chords. You can absolutely play that by ear without even having to look it up. I actually have the sheet music for Happy around here somewhere. I was like, oh, that's how you how you play it. I bought like a big book of like the hits of the 2010s. So oh, to get me to entertain me during these uncertain times. What was your reason? My reason uh, that I chose happy is because happy is the blurred lines. You don't have to feel bad about life. <laughs> That's it. That's the reason. It's like two great songs in one, <laughs> except one of the songs is a song that when you hear it and you sing along, you're like, ooh. But then you sing happy and you're like, it's basically the same fucking thing, except I don't have to feel that ugh thing anymore. For me, get lucky was the blurred lines. You don't have to feel bad for liking. I guess I mean they're all very similar for a reason. They're all Pharrell songs, you know. And that's it's it to me. Um, looking at it, there were a bunch of songs that I thought 
you could have done instead of putting Pharrell against Justin Timberlake, you could have taken either one of those songs or, uh, and maybe we'll talk about this a little more later in the program, we could have brought back um, Let It Go Again. <laughs> you know, I, w- I was looking it up. Both of these songs were uh, nominated for the Best uh, best Song Oscar. And uh, I was looking it up. And they were up against, uh, Happy was up against Let It Go. Let It Go, let it go yeah. And Can't Stop the Feeling was up against Don't uh, How Far I'll Go. So <laughs> it's a previous this episode. Great. So so here's a great reminder that we did an episode, Let It Go versus How Far I'll Go, and you should go and listen to that episode also. This is a great, they're a great pairing. This is a great cheese and wine pairing, two episodes that make a lot of sense together now that you say that. Yeah. Uh, you know, How Far I'll Go also did not win. Let It Go won the Oscar and beat Happy. Neither Can't Stop the Feeling nor whichever one I was just talking about won the how far I'll go won the Oscar. They lost to La La Land. I like that there's a quote somewhere from Pharrell talking about losing to Let It Go, <laughs> where he basically said that uh, when he heard the results, he was frozen. Uh, <laughs> but then he decided that he should just let it go <laughs> <laughs> and be happy. Okay. <laughs> Yes, and I don't think that's part of the quote, but but yeah, yeah, but he did actually say the other two things, apparently, which is pretty funny. Pharrell's a funny guy. Yeah, well. Uh, Yeah, so, all right, so we're both kind of coming at the starting place that's the same one, in effect. I'll I'll say this, um, to my less trained than yours ear, um, I think the other thing I thought about Happy was that it just seemed more interesting. Yeah, like, I like the part where he says he's happy, and also the other part where he says he's happy, happy, happy. A lot of mm-hmm. lot of things going on in that song. Very nuanced. Uh, no, musically, you asshole. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, all right. So I feel like we really have to kind of go back in time because there's a lot of... I was trying to figure out what else was going on when I was looking at these two songs. Mm-hmm. And as is so often the case, a lot of it boils down to the question of the artist. Mm-hmm. And um, I started thinking a lot about Justin Timberlake Perhaps more than I have ever thought about Justin Timberlake before. This is really your, more your milieu than mine. Right. I don't. I don't really think about JT that much. Yeah. Well, when I suggested, when I told you what this week's was going to be, you just stared at me with like the blankest face. Like, do I have anything, any thoughts whatsoever about Happy or Can't Stop the Feeling? Right. I don't have a lot to say yeah. about either song. Right. Like I remember you said it, and I thought, well, I really like Tacky. Uh, <laughs> yes, that I love that weird Al song "Tacky." So I guess you know my pick is "Tacky." Uh, that was what I thought at the at the time, um, and I'm sure I probably will talk about Weird Al again later because it it is relevant that the Weird Al connection is often something that has an impact on my viewing of original songs. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to talk to you about: Justin Timberlake at the time of the song's release. And kind of the the shape of his career, um, not just as a, an artist, but as a public persona. Mm-hmm. Because he's got much more of a footprint in the world of entertainment as far as being a public figure than Pharrell does. Because Pharrell is a guy that spent most of his career being behind the scenes. And Happy is sort of the rare thing where he came for him was like, here's my hat. And also, <laughs> yes, that was check out this song. 
That was the start of the hat era of Pharrell. Yeah. Yes, where everyone, like, Pharrell is such a genius that he convinced people that that hat made him a genius when it's just a fucking hat. <laughs> if you if you wear a hat like that around, you're either a genius or a, or a moron, and no one wants to call him a moron, so he must be a genius. I mean, he probably is yeah. that. I don't I don't think oh, no, that's incorrect. No, he absolutely is. Like, it's not, it's not tough to figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, so, like, here's the thing. I was looking at Pharrell in that regard, and I was like, as a public persona, like, yeah, he's done some backing stuff. Um, obviously people associate him with a lot of other artists, mm-hmm. but not like he doesn't have like, and here's my best friend, this guy, you know what I mean? Like he's just kind of flitting back and forth. And the only yeah. thing I associate with him outside of just regular music stuff is that he was at one point in time. And I don't think he is anymore. A host of, uh, a singing competition show on NBC called the voice. He was. Oh Yeah. 100%. Was he a, well, think about he's... think about it because well, he did it. Um, I believe that he was doing it the one season I remember seeing. Because yes, this is like me really coming out and revealing something about me that I watched a couple seasons of NBC's The Voice. Uh, but I watched a season where it was him and Gwen Stefani, mm-hmm. and I'm sure she's the reason that he did it because they have a connection in, in that he. Uh, oh yeah, he was he was responsible for Hollow Back Girl. Yeah, she was. Uh, they're close. And Gwen Stefani was in Trolls with Justin Timberlake. Correct. So you can kind of see the, the the tendrils. And that's what's interesting about Pharrell is the tendrils, the impact that his career and his artistry has on other artists is largely very positive. Uh, and when those artists go off the rails... Mm-hmm. Pharrell doesn't like the tendrils ain't that strong. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, he wasn't like, it's like he was responsible for blurred lines, but Oh yeah. He walked know, away from that smell. Like but he wasn't like tight with Robin Thicke. It's not yeah. like when Robin Thicke put out that, that following album trying to get his ex to come back, you know, it wasn't Pharrell didn't even have to say, I don't know her. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was understood. Yeah. He's, he walked away smelling like a rose from that one. He was absolutely fine. Like he, he's got his hands and everything. So like one person tanking does not, ruin him including justin timberlake for the, that matter because he's all over that uh that last justin timberlake album also that cratered into the ground yes but here's he, the so here's even the in thing. some of the videos yeah justin timberlake is the exact opposite of that i feel like justin timberlake's entire public persona and career has been plagued by his associations is spotting in the the public world you mean like the yeah, like the way that people like when people listen to Justin's music, I don't know that they're really I mean, I'm sure to some degree they're listening to the music, but he's often impacted by the people around him. And I don't think Pharrell quite has this problem. Right. Like Justified comes out and that album is not it, it's in a way it's about Justin Timberlake, but it's about his separation from Britney Spears. From Britney Spears and, and from boy band stuff too, yeah. but but yeah, but you know Britney Spears is doing the stuff that Britney Spears was doing at the time. <laughs> you know, pe- like people really like Britney Spears now. I don't want. I, maybe folks forgot, but there was a real length of time where it was very popular to not like Britney Spears because she was having public meltdowns and shit. And so you know, Justin had dated this person who had had this perception of them, and so people thought about Justin and those terms and then he got a break for a little while and then he had this thing happen wherein he i think stopped being a musician in the sense that you were looking forward to his albums and he became um a celebrity 
Right. And he specifically became, um, and I'm sure other people have said this before, but he became musical Steve Martin because of his connection to SNL. Oh, right. Yes. This is a huge, to me, this is like when I think of Justin Timberlake or maybe less so in the last couple of years, but um, most of the 20 teens, um, I definitely thought of him as that guy that does stuff with SNL and The Lonely Island and Jimmy Fallon. He takes an absurdly long time between albums. He, he does. He was like the biggest shit in 2006. He didn't release a third album until 2013. But the thing is, like, musically, he's always he always has stuck around, even if he hasn't put out, like, a specific project. He'll be doing guest features. He'll be on something. His face was always out there. There wasn't, like, a period of time where we're like, man, where's Justin Timberlake been? Where'd he go? He's just yeah. always there. But I do think, especially now in 2020 uh and even before like we we could talk about um what it is to be married to an anti-vaxxer now. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't you know i mean like saying you're an anti-vaxxer is like saying you're pro-genocide you know i mean like it's not really a great position to take it in, in, in the modern day uh but you know this this is a thing that had an impact on him right like He's married to Jessica Biel always, always, as soon as always, as soon as it came out that she was an anti-vaxxer, it had an impact on his career, on his public persona. And likewise, uh, and I can man, this is like one of those things where I can't tell what is universally acknowledged and what is the the little bubble that is living in New York City and associating with the people that I associate I mean, with. Mostly when I hear people attack Justin Timberlake, it's because of the uh, the Janet thing. People are still angry about that. Oh, right. Of course. And that, you know, and at least that 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 is fair. Like, yeah. at least you can look and be like, well, he did that. He literally did. He did. He did it. He yeah. did it. I mean, but it was an accident. I don't I, I, don't, mean, I don't know why people I, are still I don't on know. That. Just like I don't I've never actually met Jimmy Fallon. So for all I know, he's lovely. And it's just a million people <laughs> all said the same lie. I don't know. But like I, ew, the point is that Justin Timberlake, my perception of him is constantly impeded or impacted by all of these other things, often from people he's associated with. And then, like you said, the the yeah. Janet Jackson thing, which is a thing that he did that people just have not forgotten. No. And I feel like no matter what, when I hear his music, it's all kind of rattling around. And that just doesn't happen with Pharrell. Can't Stop the Feeling came out at like an extremely weird point in Justin Timberlake's career. Because like in between the that second and third album, in between Future Sex Love Sounds and the 2020 experience, Justin Timberlake didn't go away. He was very, still very popular. Everyone was like dying. Like, Come on, release a new album. And he was eventually like, fine. My movie career is kind of stalling a little time to put out a new album. And it debuted with such hype. And it was like, it got tons of acclaim, the 2020 experience. He had Sue and Ty on it. It had mirrors on it. And yet, just like a couple years later, everyone was like, actually, that album wasn't that great. Right. I remember seeing articles about how like, oh, we thought Suit and Tie was so good when it came out. I think people still like Mirrors, but I, yeah. they, I think Suit and Tie kind of fell off of the radar real fast. Yeah, I, I still really like Suit and Tie and I'm still kind of ambivalent about Mirrors. But like the, the album and he released like the 2020 Experience Part 2 or something like that just a year later. And that one was even yep. worse. And so when he released Can't Stop the Feeling, it was... Uh, it was like, okay, we, you know, there's a, a new Justin song. That's fine. And, you know, it's going to stick around for a while. And no one's really got anything against it. But, like, it was, like, a very clear moment that Justin Timberlake has stopped being cool. Because 
Can't Stop the Feeling is not a cool song. It's kind of a lame, dorky song. It is. I mean, it's really, it's just happy light, isn't it? It's just less good happy. You know, I, I picked these songs because I, I connected the two. In fact, I thought they were like from the same studio. I, th- I said that in the last episode that they were both DreamWorks and in one, Happy is not DreamWorks at all. It's Illumination. Yeah, I think that this is another thing that's, again, totally personal. But um, so I've seen the Trolls movies because of you. You're welcome. I wasn't. I definitely was not thanking <laughs> you. But because I had so I had never seen Despicable Me movies just because it just had not gotten around to it. Uh-huh. And then there was a guy that I knew who used to uh, write comic books and we used to uh, cover him for a website that I had I had created with two other people. And he was always really nice and said, you know, you should uh, you the three of you really could make a career out of out of being journalists and going out and interviewing um, entertain people, entertain people, stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. And so I've always had kind of like a nice relationship with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote the Despicable, not the Despicable Me movie, but the Minions movie. Oh, that's right. You're friends with the writer of Minions. Friends is a very strong word. I don't well, you've think met Brian, it, you've Brian would. But I've met Brian, and Brian has only ever been unbelievably kind to me, and I've uh-huh. never seen him be anything but unbelievably kind to people. And when I heard friends of mine saying unkind things about this universe of characters, I thought, if it's bad, I can accept that. But I don't want to watch it and then hate it. <laughs> Because then if I hate that stuff, then it's like, I'm just, I'm not good at, I'm just not good at it. I'm not good at keeping the secret about things I don't like. It's never really been a strong suit of mine. And I don't want to be an asshole, even indirectly to this guy. So I just never watched the movies because I thought like, I don't, I just don't want to, I don't want to be that person. And this is the only way I know how it's just to completely abstain. It's just never to drink from the, the, the fountain of despicable me ever. So I don't think of this song as a despicable me song at all. Happy is completely divorced of that. Whereas the Trolls song I associate with, with I associate this, this Justin Timberlake song with Trolls directly. Well, that might be because um, I don't think anyone really thinks of Happy as the Despicable Me song or the Despicable Me, Me Too song because those movies are just so forgettable. Like, you can trust me on this one, like all Illumination stuff. I've seen the first two movies and Minions and Secret Life of Pets 1 and it just, there's no calories in that. It just, it's Olestra. It flows right through you, right out of you. But you know what's really interesting about it, which I didn't know until I dug in, is uh-huh. that, so Pharrell did the D- Despicable Me song for the first movie, too. Yes, he, he did. He did a song called Despicable Me, and it is utterly forgettable. I, I watched the first Despicable Me movie in, was that 2010, 2012, something like that? And I was sure. like, wow, this is the end of Pharrell. This is like the sad end of the Pharrell career because he hadn't had a hit in a while. Like, yeah, and it just it just isn't anything like it's just a nothing song. That's all. I don't think it's I don't think it's terrible. It's just flat. Yeah, well, it's it's like what if Will Smith made a really flat song about a movie? <laughs> yeah, well, it's no much one's... more actually about the thing about Happy is that, you know, it is evoking a mood that that character grew is having in Despicable Me, too. But it's not about it's not a beat for beat like, and this is a story all about, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's not that kind of thing. Here comes the Gruen, but you know, like it's not that. Yeah. Uh, Despicable Me 1, it's just like, no, I don't think anyone was expecting those to be a single or anything, or even like an especially important part of the movie. So I don't, but like, that's just how low 
Pharrell's career had gotten in that point. And, and low for Pharrell is like still stratospheric for the record. But yeah. But what's interesting about Despicable Me too is he had written like nine other th- excuse me he had written like nine other songs according to him. Yeah, just trying before to- he finally hit Happy because they just kept saying no, 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 that's not it, that's not it, and he just they boiled him down to the simplest thing, which is why the song is just called Happy. Yeah, I've said before I kind of have a soft spot for songs that just kind of hit one specific mood really well, so well that you don't really need any other songs about the topic. Happy is kind of like the replacement for Don't Worry Be Happy because they both kind of fit that role. Here's the thing that's really interesting about it. Happy was not originally supposed to be performed by Pharrell. Oh, really? Who? I, I missed that one. What was it? They wanted CeeLo Green. That's, I think they didn't get CeeLo Green because CeeLo Green was on the soundtrack of literally everything at that point. Well, that was what he's basically, I don't think CeeLo was uninterested or disinterested in it. I think that his career was just on a number of different paths at the time. He was doing so many other things that it just didn't line up. And I have to say, while I'm sure that that would have been an interesting rendition, again, because Pharrell, he's not a public persona in that I go, man, I know exactly how Pharrell feels about everything the song is able to sort of be whatever you want it to be. Whereas CeeLo Green is a person that when you hear his music now, you think about things he's said and thought and believes. Yeah. Also, even in 2014 or 2013, back when this came out, I think I was getting a little tired of hearing CeeLo on soundtracks because he was... Yeah, that's fair. He did did a cover of Kung Fu Fighting for uh, Kung Fu Panda. Oof. (laughs) He did... uh, No, thanks. No, thank you. He did Pimps Don't Cry at the end of The Other Guys, starring Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Now that I think about it, that does kind of it does kind of sound like a CeeLo type song because I don't remember hearing Pharrell do a lot of singing before then. Like he had N.E.R.D. I've heard him rap, but no, 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 no. Actually, I'm going to take that back. He 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 had one hit called Frontin' that I really liked because it used to play at the the Best Buy I used to work at back in 2004. But other than that, I don't remember him doing. You heard it here first, folks. Todd Nathanson working at a Best Buy in two thousand four. Yeah, but I remember. Well, I mean, I lived in Virginia Beach, so like, f- literally everything Pharrell did during that first half of the two thousands was inescapable. And, and why is that? Why is that? Oh, because he's from Virginia Beach. I went to his high school. Matter of fact, you know how you always bring up being from Jersey. I will bring up being from Virginia Beach whenever Pharrell shows up. Like okay, he, there you go. Take a drink, everybody. <laughs> Matter of fact, I didn't even know this, but he uh, he had his f- first writing credit, his first hit writing credit in 1992 with a song that was filmed right on Virginia Beach, on the beaches of Virginia Beach, a little song called Rump Shaker. What? <laughs> Wait, check, baby, check, baby, one, two, three, four, check, baby, check, baby, one, two, three. Really? Yeah, I had no idea. I don't know. I just don't know how I managed to miss that. Have as 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 you know, Todd, one of the first two CDs that I owned. Yeah, I, I knew you would be that, interested that, in that. That and Pearl Jam's ten. <laughs> Take a drink a for that one. A diversified catalog from the start. <laughs> yes, I can't believe I didn't know that. But yeah, look, that's amazing. Um, anyway, actually, yeah. let, me, let me let me tell this story. Yes, I please. was in two thousand two. Uh, my teacher was like, yes. But, you know, I I used to teach this kid named Pharrell. He's in a band now, the Neptunes. And I was like, wait, what? The Neptunes? 
but I didn't know like the Neptunes were not like the biggest thing in the world. They were just starting out. So I'd heard of them at that point, but I was like, wait, you mean a band, the Neptunes, you, this must be like some kids alt rock band or something like that. And then like later on, I was like, no, he's, he's talking about D Pharrell. Like as he became a superstar around 2003, 2004, and I was like, for the rest of my life, I was like, yes, I went to the same high school as Pharrell, as does apparently everyone who went to my high school. We cannot stop bringing it up. That's fair. Who's more famous, you or him? Well, I'll think about it. Okay, let me know. Get back to me. Yeah. Me- we'll, we'll, we'll put up a poll. <laughs> but he hadn't had a hit since, uh, since 2006. The last, one I, the last big hit I remember was Moneymaker with Ludacris. Right. And then he was just not around for a while. And I'm not sure what happened. I think uh, he, he released a terrible yodeling song for Gwen Stefani. And I think that oh, kind of, that was I him also. I remember that. And uh, I think that's what kind of tanked him for a little bit. And well, the, I think that, I think Pharrell is one of those guys that has a real understanding that if you, if you have a couple things in a row that don't work, mm-hmm. you just, you just step back for a little while. Cause you know, if you just ride it out long enough. I think Pharrell just understands that careers go up and down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a roller coaster ride, and you either can accept that and then just go, "This is a low time," and eventually, again, I'll have another high time, and that's all you have to do. I think he's good at that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not sure it really works in the movie. Like it's barely there. That happy song, and I was not really expecting it to be a humongous hit, and. I don't think they were even intending to release it as a single because the, the video didn't come out for like six months. And then, but then they didn't they do that thing where there was a website for it. It was like a 24 hour happy thing. Yeah, I, I was never clear on what that was. I'm not going to watch a music video for 24 hours. I guess if you went to that website, you it would cut to like the 8 a.m. part of the day or like whatever time it was. That sounds really boring and lame to me. I never visited it. I mean, the website doesn't exist anymore as far as I know, but yeah, it's obviously Pharrell must have thought something of it. Otherwise he wouldn't have uh, did an elaborate, elaborate prank, which is the only thing I can think of that as being, (laughs) uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting that we keep saying that it's this complex song. Um, and I suppose from a chord structure it is, but it's also, isn't it like basically 70% chorus? (laughs) Yeah. It's 70% the title. Yeah. Happy, 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 happy. And I, there were a lot of comments in the comment section about, I was like, I work at a daycare slash I work at a grocery store slash I work weddings and I cannot listen to this song ever again. For both of them, really. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I fortunately have not had to deal with either of those things. And so, um, or either any of those situations. So I'm. I, I guess I'm safe so far, so far. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. Now I'm going to talk about Weird Al. <laughs> okay, very quickly. All right. I associate happy with this. The first thing I associate it with is the parody tacky, and I do that because I remember in 2014 what a big deal it was that Weird Al was putting out his last contracted full LP. And he hasn't made one since. No, he hasn't. And he'd said that, you know, if he wanted to, if he felt like it, he would just 
put out songs here and there, but that this was, you know, he wasn't sure what he was going to do, but that he thought, you know, I had a contract. It lasted a really long time. He had no idea it was going to take him so long to hit the number of releases that he had agreed to hit when he signed that first contract. Mm-hmm. And so it was. It felt like this big momentous occasion when Mandatory Fun came out, as though even though there had been albums every couple of years, it kind of felt like a big deal. And Tacky was the first music video that they dropped for it. And, you know, and uh, Aisha Tyler was in it and and uh, Jack Black was in it and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Shaw was in it, and a couple other people were in it. Yeah, and and His so last like great I, parody, I feel like the last one. I mean, to me, the last great, the last, the last great Weird Al parody is Foil. <laughs> my maybe one of my favorite Weird Al songs of all time. But when Tacky came out, it just felt good, and you could see that it was like Weird Al had felt freed from. You know, not like not like the guy was shackled. He he's had a very successful career, but you know, you could you could feel like he was kind of finally coming to the end of a huge part of what his life had been. And so I remember that song feeling like such a huge celebration, and it made me like Happy all over again because the two songs are inextricably tied because one is a parody of the other. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's <laughs> my like- story about it. I because I love Weird Al as is, as has been well evidenced. That anytime I can bring him up, I will. Arguably, can't stop the feeling is also a parody of Happy, or at yeah. least it's a total ripoff. Like I, like I said, I thought they were from the same studio because it was like so clearly trying to do the same thing. Even the two videos are basically right. identical. Yes, this is the same video, except Justin Timberlake is just sitting. He's just kind of sitting at a diner. Yeah, and, and tippity sh- tapping on his coffee. Uh, here's what I associate Happy with: Happy. Was the biggest hit of 2014, according to Billboard. 2014 was my least favorite year that I've been reviewing music. But also, it was also an extremely odd year because, like, after like the raid, you know, the uh, spate of Pitbull and Flo Rida, Black Eyed Peas, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry kind of calmed down, we kind of was like, uh, what are we doing anymore? And so, like, and I want to thank Andrew Underberger for pointing this out to me, but I like, I cannot have stop thinking about it. Like how all the big hits of 2014 were all just kind of like backwards looking retro songs, like all about that bass, all of me rude problem by Ariana Grande uptown funk, shake it off. That is an extremely strange year to me where it seems like we're not really doing anything except looking backwards and happy is like absolutely part of that too. I want to say that's like a Curtis Mayfield kind of thing that he's doing there. Can't Stop the Feeling does not feel like as part of the times for better or worse. It felt like this weird thing that was happening while music was getting more downbeat and depressed. Like the Chainsmokers and Migos and all that stuff. Can't Stop the Feeling was just like this weird note of like upbeat happiness. And I was like, you know what? I, I like this. I appreciate it because even though it is like the lamest thing in the world. And that, that one's trying to be Michael Jackson. That one's trying to be, can't, um, don't stop till you get enough. But you know, but the thing about, all right, so when you compare it with that song, don't stop till you get enough is, has like, there's a, there's a way, there's a structure to that song that constantly excites you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's got, it's got a lot of motion. And I always feel like this, this Justin Timberlake song is kind of just sitting in one place in one most mode. of the time. 
Yeah, it's just got one mode to it, and that is really it. I don't know why it took 38 minutes, basically, to get to that, but that's it. It just has one speed. It, the, the bicycle only has one speed to it, and it just it's just not as interesting as Happy or any other songs that you're going to compare it with, because those other songs take you on a, 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 on a magic carpet ride um slide slide slip anyway uh it's i just, feel like happy also only has one mode it's it's just a lot a lot higher than can't stop the feeling although i gotta be honest like i picked happy instinctively but i was you know i was listening to both the songs back to back preparing for this and i was like actually i can maybe i like can't stop the feeling a little more possibly because i have heard happy far too much and Can't Stop the Feeling got kind of flushed down the toilet at the end of 2016, along with Justin Timberlake's career. I mean, you know, one of these days people are going to look back and they're going to think things about Man of the Woods. <laughs> Such things will they think. Well, you know, I mean, you know, you. <laughs> I say that as a joke, but you never know. Like, all I can think now is that, you know, um, had I wonder what would have happened if you released it now. Did you ever think about that? Like, what would have happened if you released it in... 2020 what if he tried to go like the the fiona apple route who's just put out as you know to to, uh-huh. to date this episode of the podcast just dropped fetch the bolt cutters which is a really weird album but got a perfect 10 on pitchfork because it's weird because it you know people were declaring that you know it, this album is a representation of what we're going through in 2020 somehow the real 2020 experience i don't know that I wonder if a couple of years from now, people will look back and, and see Fetch the Bolt Cutters quite in the same way. You know, once once the people who live through this have lived through this, whether or not they'll see it quite the way that they do now in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes me wonder, likewise, what would have happened if if, if something as, as sort of oddball as uh, Man of the Woods had come out. And t- like if you released it right now, when everybody is so out of their fucking minds, <laughs> how would people react to Man of the Woods? Would they react the same as they did in 2018? I got to tell you, I don't know if they would have. I think it would have been different. At a time that's, when that's the, my weird, that's my weird take on Man of the Woods. Thank you. At a time when we're all hiding away from other people, like maybe like the outdoorsiness of Man of the Woods might hit. But no, I I think it's still gar. I think no matter when he releases that song, it, there's no way. <laughs> I don't know. You you say that. I mean, I guess I I don't I don't have an answer. You're probably right, but I it, it was funny watching. Um, Justin Timberlake talking to Jimmy Fallon uh, during the quarantine about how his family has hid away in Montana, like, <laughs> like, like, like wearing his, his outfit that, you know, he still has that man of the woods look to him, you know, wearing his beanie and stuff like he's not out of that mode. Yeah. He's still living in it. And I can't, I can't help but feel that um, he was two years ahead of the curve on being a man of the woods. <laughs> Cause I, I think we all kind of look like men of the woods these days. <laughs> oh man, yes, I haven't shaven. My hair's getting. I definitely shaggy. do. I mean, like you know, if I if there was if there were photos of both of us from this episode, I look more like a man of the woods than I have in some time. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to do the three questions and then we'll we'll do some uh, some comments from from our listeners? Yeah. Let's uh let's do the three questions. Okay, so we do three questions every episode. If this is your first episode, uh, this yeah. is to sort of really help us hone down um, the, the three most important elements of, of these songs, you know, how they work lyrically, how they work from a song perspective and, and where they sort of fall into the annals of history. Uh, the first question is uh, one of these songs can continue to exist, but one must be lost 
to time, forgotten forever. Which song must persist? I, I guess it has to be happy. Like some songs, you know, are blatantly trying to copy the others, but actually outdo them or at least hold up, hold up toe to toe and uh, can't stop the feeling is not one of those kinds of songs. Can't stop the feeling is and will always be a ripoff of happy. I just think we need, I think the world needs happy. Uh huh. It's yes, it's simple. Uh, and it, it, it certainly lyrically, the world is going to go through times, maybe not right now, but uh, most of the time, I think that that's a song that comes in handy. You want to keep it in your back pocket for the right moment to kind of pull you out of a tough time or to take a time that feels good and make it feel even better. In terms of importance, happy will absolutely stand out or can't stop the feeling. I Like I said, I feel a little warmer towards can't stop the feeling than I did when I started researching this, but like there's no real comparison yep all right right. so that's easy question number two uh you can be around for the uh the creation soup to nuts you can see the whole thing uh of any one of these two songs but only one of them which of these two songs do you want to see be composed in real time like i said i feel like there's probably a lot more interesting things going on in the creation of happy but like i can't really imagine wanting to be there for either of them these are like these are like stupid pop songs for the end of a kid's movie I think for me, it's it, it's not that it's happy so much as it is that I wish that I could have watched Pharrell go through the nine <laughs> previous iterations. Yeah. Like, here are the other songs that he thought were good enough for trolls. Good enough for trolls. You mean Minions. Minions. You mean Despicable Me yes, Too. Me Too. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, everybody. Uh, for yes, these are the songs that he thought were good enough for Despicable Me Too. I'm curious as to what the previous songs were. Before he got to Happy, and if any of those songs share DNA with what Happy eventually became. So in that way, I think Happy's a more interesting experience to sort of see the composition of. Yeah, no, that's, it's just insane to me for the thought of like the the creators of Despicable Me Too going to him, to Pharrell, the, one of the greatest hit makers of the last 20 years, is like, this isn't good enough for Despicable Me Too. It is strange, and yet it yielded uh, the result that it did. So yeah. they were right. They were right to push him. I so I cannot remember a single thing about that movie except Kristen Wiig going lipstick taser, and that's just because it was in the trailers. All oh, see, and I don't even know that. I don't. That's I don't. How, that's I, how out of touch I am. Couldn't tell you the plot. Couldn't tell you the name of the bad guy, or if it even has a bad guy. Nothing, I don't know. I got nothing. M- Minions has uh, Sandra Bullock as the as the villain, right? That's who it is. Is it? Center books? It, it, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Like is, we wa- I, I, I'm not kidding. I really have gone to great lengths <laughs> to not know anything so that I don't have anything bad to say about them because I genuinely just, I, if I find something out, I'll say it and then I'll be rotten. I just don't want to be that guy. Anyway, um, third most important question about, uh, about these two songs. Perhaps the most imp- important question that can be asked of anything ever. William Shatner Man of mystery, entrepreneur, lover of horses. Uh, he can do a Shatnerized version of one and only one of these two songs. Which one does Shatner shat upon? For the third time, it's got to be happy. Yeah, I just, again, <laughs> lyrically, it is both basic and weird enough. Yeah. It's a, for it's, Shatner. It's a lot punchier, let's say. It get, it lends itself to deliver delivery, you know, of Shatner's delivery. I hope somebody, if if William Shatner listens to this podcast, William Shatner, please do a version of Happy, 
And if somebody does I'm a really happy. great version of what, if you if you've got a really great Shatner impression in your back pocket, I hope that somebody will record a Shatner happy. So <laughs> just attempt attempt it. We've never I don't think anyone's ever done this before, but I want to start encouraging people to try and do Shatner versions of songs so that we can get an idea. If you do it and it's good, there's a chance that we might actually uh, ask your permission to use it in a future episode. Put it that way. I would actually love to hear that. Anyway, so it feels like we've kind of got a, a definitive result based on the three questions. All right. But just to be sure, right, let's read. Uh, I would love to hear what the what our what the listeners have to say. OK. Anna Midkiff writes. Can't stop the feeling is the song equivalent of your morning person coworker who starts talking about how great their weekend was before you even start your coffee. On a given day, it's a coin toss to whether you'll find their enthusiasm entertaining or annoying. Happy is the song equivalent of your morning person boss who drives the whole office into a meeting at 9 a.m. on a Monday. No matter what, their enthusiasm just makes you hate them more. Happy is the better song, I feel like, but it can also, the fact that it's better might also make it worse. I think I understand entirely where this person is coming from. It's so chipper. It is. I mean, I, yes, it's a good point. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's just that maybe I'm that guy. Maybe I am that boss. <laughs> yeah. All right. Morgan writes, I thought you were trying not to set up blowouts, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've gave, we've really given up on that. I think it's just yeah. going to happen, uh, and uh, sometimes we'll be right when we think it's going to be one, and sometimes we'll be wrong. I I suspected this was going to be a blowout, and I think we were probably right. Well, we'll see. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, Yaz Cross writes, Most dancers agree that it's impossible to not dance to a song you know choreography to. My little sister is a former dancer who deeply regrets ever doing dance, and few things in this world bring me as much joy as seeing my sister do dumb choreography to can't stop the feeling while complaining and looking very pissed off. <laughs> I love this image so much. The comment itself is such a wonderful journey. Yes. I wish the song was as wonderful a journey as that. Imagine a music video for this song where somebody is angrily dancing because they just can't help themselves. Oh, put that on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> angry make dance. A, make a TikTok of that. Um, again, we will, we will share it with the world. Hashtag angry dance to can't stop the feeling challenge. I'll, I'll come up with a, a better name for yeah, it. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that one does not really roll off the tongue, but you, you tried. There was an attempt. Yes. I think that'll, that'll about do it for us. You want to hear the results? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. For a total of 497 to 209, that's a 70 30 yeah. split. The winner is. What could it be? Yes, it's happy. It yeah. <laughs> yes, it's happy. Happy one. By a. A 70 30 split is correct. That is exactly how much better happy is than can't stop the feeling. Yeah, I don't actually think it needs to be more of a blowout than that. Yeah. That's a pretty big blowout, but if it was any more, you'd go, I mean. Yeah, I was like, it's not Does, that, that. Doesn't Justin Timberlake deserve better than that? <laughs> he deserves exactly 30% of this vote. Exactly that. Yep. And like I said, I really, in, in researching this over again, I did find myself thinking that his perception, because of the type of public figure he is, does have, a, I think, a very different impact on his music than Pharrell's does for the same thing. Yeah. Can't stop the feeling reeks desperately of someone who was once cool and is trying to stay cool and is no longer being cool. 
He just seems like a goofy dad. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, he was always kind of lame, though. Like, he had the weird Brillo hair as a teenager, wearing denim suits with Britney Spears. Like, I had, it, I, it took I, a I lot had, of work had, to make I had him Brillo cool. hair as a teenager. Yeah. I don't think I wore any denim suits, but I also never brought Sexy back, so what do <laughs> I know? Yeah, Sexy back is like a weird blip in his career, like, because he was never quite that cool again. It was just like something that happened and went away. He brought yes. sexy back, and then he and then, and then he retired to his yeah. to his log cabin. One assumes in Montana. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, what is the as as we continue to be the most important podcast in these trying times? Yes, Todd. What is the next episode that's going to keep us going? All right. In these uncertain times, our next uh, our next matchup is a I guess another kind of movie ish one. We're going to be doing Eye of the Tiger. Versus another one bites the dust. Oh wow! He stunned look on his face. He doesn't know which one to pick. I mean, you, you, as so far as you know, yeah. I, I maybe I do have an immediate response to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I do, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say. Uh, but another another interesting pairing. I will say this: I am a huge, huge Rocky fan. Mm-hmm. It means that we're going to talk about Rocky movies. I, I, hope, I hope everybody's prepared. I feel like it came up once before wherein I declared that Rocky 2 is boring. Look forward to more such hot takes as Rocky 2 is boring. Rocky 3. The... Is better than Rocky 2. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, and more on that next time. I'm Todd Nates. Oh, oh, and don't forget, if you liked our discussion about uh, Trolls versus Minions, we did cover Trolls World Tour on the Patreon if you wanted to check it out, you can just give us a dollar and you can hear us talk about Trolls World Tour or you could just uh, give us money anyway and not listen to it. Money's great. Yeah, money is great. This is definitely a time in which uh, if you're willing to donate. Uh, I, I also wanted to say we were we were recommending episodes that you could go back and listen to. I feel like this is probably a time in which people have the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we brought up uh, Fetch the Bull Cutters by Fiona Apple and uh, I would highly recommend going back and listening to us do Criminal versus You Ought to Know I actually think that's one of our better episodes oh yeah I, was- really, I really enjoyed that one so I would definitely recommend going back and checking that out as you're listening to Fetch the Bull Cutters by Fiona Apple an album that I would highly recommend also yeah it's very clear to me in hindsight how much I underestimated how much love Fiona Apple has in the world. Like I'm, t- I'm telling you, it has only yeah. gotten larger and larger over time. You can follow uh, the podcast now. We have a we have a Twitter. That's the thing we should probably mention. Song, song versus, versus song pod. That's song vs song pod. Yep, and uh, you can follow Todd at Shadow Todd, and you can follow me at Danny Ordinary. That is Danny with one N, Ordinary also with one N. Anyway, this is Song versus Song. Thank you for your listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.